Hi, and welcome to the Beer and Eggs podcast. We are in the middle of a series where we're reading through the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 9 yep. today. And tonight. Whatever it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Jessica. You're Ryan. Yes, I am. And uh, let's just jump into it. Oh, gosh. Ready? <laughs> oh, I'm begin. starting out today. Yeah. <laughs> giving this me is, middle school PE flashbacks. This is the fitness gram pacer <laughs> test, Jessica, every night. Okay. We're flexing our Bible, or just reading in general Our muscles. reading muscles. Yeah. I have felt like I've gotten better at reading since starting this. So I, that's good. I think I've, no, I don't know. About the same, I guess. Okay, verse one. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod, the Tetrarch, heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed, because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen. Herod said, John I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowd learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God, and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men, and he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. And they did so, and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, twelve baskets of broken pieces. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say, Elijah. And others, that one of the prophets of old had, has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded that them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. About eight days after these sayings, he took along Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. 
and while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different, and his clothing became became white and gleaming. And behold, two men were talking with him, and they were Moses and Elijah, who, appearing in glory, were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions had been overcome with sleep, but when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who were standing with him. And as these two men were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, is it, it is good that we are here. And let's make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not realizing what he was saying. But while he was saying this, a cloud formed and began to overshadow them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Then a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and reported to no one in those days any of the things which they had seen. On the next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him, and a man from the crowd shouted, saying, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, because he is my only son. And a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams, and it throws him into convulsions with foaming at the mouth, and only with difficulty does it leave him, mauling him as it leaves. And I begged your disciples to cast it out, and they could not. Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Now while he was still approaching, the demon slammed him to the ground and threw him into a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. But while everyone was astonished at all he was doing, he said to his disciples, As for you, let these words sink into your ears, for the Son of Man is going to be handed over to men. But they did not understand the statement, and it was concealed from them so that they would not comprehend it. And they were afraid to ask him about this statement. Now an argument started among them as to which might be the greatest. But Jesus, knowing what they were thinking in their hearts, took a child and had him stand by his side. And he said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For the one who is the least among all you, all of you, is the great is the one who is great. John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him, because he does not follow along with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not hinder him, for the one who is not against you is for you. When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead of him. And when, and they went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. And they did not receive him because he was traveling towards Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. And they went to another village. As they were going on the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Also another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at my home. But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Nice. Thoughts. Thoughts. You pre-read this. I didn't. I I read it several minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) A whole hour ago. Um, 
Yeah, so I'd say the big one is obviously the uh well we'll just start, I don't know, I'll just start at the beginning. So he sends out the twelve, gives them power and authority over demons right. and power to heal diseases. They go out. Um he tells them to take nothing. And then only to the places that receive them are they supposed to do these things. Basically, mm-hmm. right? So they go out, and I remember reading this and being like, oh, so like all these places heard and understood who they were talking about and everything. Um, but everyone's still super confused about who this guy is. Like Herod's confused. The 5,000, he's like, what do you think these, or who do these people say that I am? And everyone's still super confused. They're like, it's Elijah, like reincarnated. Yeah, or they're it's like, like John, he's a prophet. Who, yeah, He's, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but Peter gets it, right? But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. So mm-hmm. people at this point, were they not? They're not aware fully of who this is. And but they were waiting for the Messiah. Yeah, but it, I don't think they come to that realization until he enters Jerusalem, right? Right. When they do that. The, and they put the palm branches down and yeah. everything. <clears throat> so he's still telling them not to tell anyone. Well, yeah, because his time hadn't his come time yet. His time hadn't come yet. And right. he even said, because he, you know, the son of man must suffer many things mm-hmm. and, and then die. And on the third day, rise yeah. again. <laughs> the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised on the third day. <clears throat> You know, it's funny to me is how many times Jesus tells his disciples he's going to die. And they don't comprehend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was probably hard for them to understand what that even meant. Oh, yeah. It's like, like, like even now, you and I know, like, every single person who's, like, born before us is going to die at some point. And yet, every time it happens, it's like, this yeah. is reality now. You yeah. know what I mean? There's a stark difference between, like, being aware of it and, like, actually comprehending what it means, Mm -hmm. I think. But, so then we get, so he tells him what's going to happen to him after Peter calls him what he is, you know. Mm -hmm. And then he tells him how to follow him, right? If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And tells them, you know, don't be ashamed of me. Yeah, that's the most terrifying verse, verse 26. It reminds me of that verse in Revelation, the Lord, Lord. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory. Hmm. (laughs) Like, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. And then there's a transfiguration. (laughs) It's so funny. Like... That's like everyone's first response, though, to seeing something great, like great in the Bible, aside from a lot of the prophets. But like they see someone in their like glory, essentially, and they're like, oh, we need to worship that thing. So like John in Revelation tries to worship the angel, right? Yeah. (laughs) And then these guys are like, let's make a tabernacle to Moses 
you well, you know, I know like, this whoa, might whoa, not whoa. be like a correct application, but how many times do people do that when they want Jesus, but they also want all these other things too? It's like, oh, Jesus, that's great. That's going to grow really great in my collection of things that I like to worship. And it's like, no, yeah. it's Jesus or it's nothing. Not that he was worshiping them. Well, a tabernacle would be worship. Well, yeah, I guess. Yes. That's That makes it even stranger than now that I'm thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> so a tabernacle, yeah, they would be offering sacrifices to them to forgive their sins or like to pray to them. Like that's... It's about on par with, you know, praying to Mary or something. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little much, Peter. Come on now. <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying, well, it's, how many times do we all do that? It's Peter, man, you know? <laughs> so it's just what's going to happen. Um, and he tells them again, you know, as for you, let these words sink into your ears. The son of man is going to be handed over to men. And they still didn't understand. And they were afraid to ask him. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like... Jesus, obviously we know the story now, but you were following Jesus, this guy that you believe to be the son of God, mm -hmm. Peter, wholeheartedly believing this is the son of God. And he's going to tell, he tells you his plan is to die when he's supposed to be the one saving you. Yeah. I and wonder what no was idea. going through their heads. Yeah. Well, that's why they're afraid to ask. They're like, they're what? probably like, hmm, I guess we'll get back to that later. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I imagine they're like, oh, he's like, we're in a, you know, we're young and he's like, we're in his young. 30s, you know, it'll be fine. We've got like, time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but obviously they were still learning everything quickly mm -hmm. as he was teaching them. Um, I just, the test of greatness is what mine labels this as, but the argument among them about who's the greatest so far. Mine says, who is the greatest? That's like the, the title so of this funny. part. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like just one of those conversations that it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there, maybe not in Luke, but isn't there a passage in one of the gospels where, like one or two of their moms is like, mm -hmm. yeah. can you sit my son at your right hand or something? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a mom it's thing brothers, to do. Right? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. It's but like, I, I don't know. It's just, that seems so awkward. It's like, wow, you're going to have your mom speak up for you. Well, and <laughs> I don't think Jesus just says straight up no, but he's like, it's not my spot to He give. uses it as a teaching moment. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. To says, teach them about true greatness. But he says, I'm pretty sure he says they don't either. It's like, they don't know what they ask for too. Mm -hmm. um, for that. And he turned. Oh yeah. And then they're like, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? <laughs> when they didn't accept Jesus to like stay there. He's just like, no, <laughs> you weirdo. He's like, let's just keep moving on. And that's, see, everyone can be overzealous at times. It's even the disciples were very Especially overzealous. Especially the disciples, You just man. need to make sure there's <laughs> someone there to be like, whoa, dude. You know? But, like, they had the power to command fire, too. 
Well, I mean, they're obviously thinking probably of Elijah, right? Yeah. That that whole story, but like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then it ends, you know, with discipleship. Yeah. Mine says the cost of following Jesus. Mm-hmm. I remember once in high school, I used verse 58 way out of context oh, for an yeah. essay. Yeah. Oh, I think I remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's so ridiculous. It's so interesting, the stark uh, contrast, though, because we see, so like 59 and 60, we see the correct response to follow me, right? From, uh, what's that guy's name? Matthew, right? The, the tax, tax collect- collector? The tax collector. Because mm-hmm. that's all he said to Matthew as well. I was trying to think of his other name. Oh, I didn't know he had another name. Maybe maybe I'm mistaken. But anyways. Yeah, to Matthew. To come and follow me. And he left. And it just says he left everything. Mm-hmm. But this is not the correct way to right. to answer that call. Imagine the Lord calling you and you saying, no, hold on. I got to do this, this, and this. And it's not, that's not Jesus saying it's wrong to go bury no. your loved ones or no. to say goodbye to the, he's saying like, look, what else could be of more priority than this? Like, then the son of God asking you to follow him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like where, what are your priorities? Like really look at that. Yeah. Don't think you have to go, oh, get this one thing done before you're ready to follow him. Like mm-hmm. your response should just be, this is the most important thing in this moment. Yeah. Honestly, we should be living our lives like that. Well, it's. Yeah, it's rough. Because, In a spiritual because sense, I not think, like you can't literally do anything. Well, but I don't, I'm not using this as like, this is the letter of the law. But if God commands something, normally you don't say, wait. Yeah, like, hold and on, so that's God. the hard thing. <laughs> that's the hard thing about these verses, right? Is the command, follow me. And then the man retort, you know says back, permit me to go do this perfectly sensible thing first. And he says, let the dead bury their dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if you're commanded to do something by the most important person ever, even this is not a sensible response. Yeah. To drop everything and go would be the sensible response. Well, and he sums it up pretty well in the last verse. Mm -hmm. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my mind that kind of translates as the kingdom is not for the double-minded. Yeah, I think that's that's one aspect of it. Because he's like, first permit me to say goodbye to those in my home. And I think it ties along well with... When I think we've already read this, maybe it was in the last chapter, but it was like when he was in the house and the uh, his mother and his brothers were looking for him. And he's like, who is my mother and who are my brothers? These are not 
mm-hmm. not those, you know, not necessarily those, but it's the same type of thing. When you're looking back, what are you looking back at? You know, mm-hmm. you've been called to go forth and plow. Yeah, what is there to look the back what at? What is there to look back at? Like n- just being nostalgic, like the best is ahead of you. So don't look back. <laughs> yeah. And your home is not behind you anymore. Right. You know, that's, that's how I see it, but I don't. I'd say that uh, there might that's be, pretty accurate. There might be several other applications, or not applications, but just ideas there with that bit. But yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this uh, chapter. This is a good one. I thought it was going to be super long, but we breezed through it. Yeah, reading level up. <laughs> We're leveling <Not> up. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. How many? How many days left? Less than twenty. I can't do math. <laughs> Fifteen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> only two weeks left. Only two weeks. We haven't even been doing this for two weeks. Almost two weeks. We're not even halfway. Well, <laughs> I'm actually like I feel like we got to a point where we're like, uh. This is getting kind of rough. And then like you push past it and now it's just a habit. And that's how I felt with all of the reading plans I've ever done Mm -hmm. is like you start off with a lot of like, you know, motivation and then you hit a spot where it's like, oh, I don't know if I have time for this today. And then if you just keep pushing through it, it suddenly and now it's a habit and it will probably feel weird when we're not doing it, honestly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, and that's why I was wondering if maybe we should, on a normal, like, up it to, like, two times a week. But that's another discussion. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll see. (laughs) But thank you guys for listening. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoyed reading. And we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.